You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you, yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. What is up, everybody? Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Hello, Instagram. Hello, YouTube. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. We have a lot to break down. Remember, yes, Aaron D. Hello, guys. Hi, 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 Amanda. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Siki. Hi, Trav. Hi, Ayoko. Um, yes, guys, after this, we will be doing a members-only live. That'll be a very special tea-spilling session that'll be just us live after this live stream. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you're getting a rebroadcast from our Thursday night live. Guys, we're going to be breaking down Real Houses of Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Potomac, and we will also be talking about this Girardi CFO arrest because it is wild hi michelle what's up guys what's up let me know where you're watching in from so i can give you a little shout out we have alex from oregon hello alex from oregon hi danes oh simply me mj dropping the badges already ali says i need all the tea okay well let's get into it we will recap salt lake and potomac at the end of this but first let's talk about all of this girardi mess right because on monday Christopher Camone, the former CFO, the chief financial officer, was arrested and charged with wire fraud in Baltimore on Monday. We broke that news on the podcast on Wednesday. Juicy, right? The cards are finally falling. So his hearing was Thursday, and in it, we discovered quite a bit about Mr. Camone. So Chris Camone is being held in jail currently after being flagged as a flight risk, and now he's being transferred to California to face these charges in Los Angeles. So apparently, he owns a $2 million home in the Bahamas, a recently purchased home in the Bahamas. So prosecutors argued that he may be... he maybe a bit of a flight risk and they're afraid he's probably going to flee the country. So they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to let him slip out of our hands. So they also claimed that his bond money might be a bit dirty. So they're like, "Mm, we don't think we want him to even use it, any of his money to try and post his bond because like, yeah, not going to happen. So he's currently being accused of running a $10 million side fraud scheme outside of the bigger Girardi Keese scheme, which is estimated at about $100 million in stolen client funds. So this is in addition, this was his own little side hustle that he was doing, right? We have the big operation, and then he had this little lemonade stand going on outside the office where he was skimming off the books. So they claimed that he was the one that was cooking the books with Tom. He's the one that had access to the books. So he worked at Girardi Keys for the past 20 years, or at least 20 years as of 2020, because we know that's when Girardi Keys closed down. So Worked there for 20 years. He started off as the firm's bookkeeper before being officially upgraded to CFO in 2012. So he held CFO, I guess it would have been 10 years this year, but it looks like he was CFO for eight eight years. Yeah, 2012 to 2020. So 
not looking good, especially because there was some bitch on Twitter when I tweeted that he got arrested. And I was like, the CFO, a.k.a. the bookkeeper. And she's like, well, a CFO and a bookkeeper are not the same thing. And I'm like, well, you know what, Barbara? Actually, he was the bookkeeper originally, and he still kept up with the books as the CFO. He was the head honcho of the finances as chief financial officer. CFO, Barbara. Thank you very much. He was paid a $350,000 annual salary, yet here he was using these stolen Girardi Keys money to further fund his lavish lifestyle. You know, we love to talk about the lavish lifestyles. So now they're saying that $10 million of that money was used to renovate his houses. He had multiple houses here in the U.S., so he was renovating them with that $10 mil. He was taking these lavish vacations. He went on a cute little safari out in Africa. Okay, Chris, come on, live in that life, make it rain. He even had his own gigolo bigolo. They claimed that he was paying a woman that he met on an escort site $20,000 per month. And he apparently he even bought her some very extravagant gifts, including a $120,000 purse. That's an extravagant purse. That's got to be at least a Birkin, right? That It has to be a Birkin. I don't know what other purse would cost that amount of money. I mean, Gar- Garcelle would definitely want to get her hands on that. $120,000 for a purse. For a fucking escort. For an escort. Shit, I'll, I'll give me $120,000 purse. Actually, I don't even need the purse. Just give me the money. Give me the money, honey. That's some seeking arrangement mess. Listen, that is... I don't, Listen been hearing everywhere about Erica working at Jordy Keys for 10 years. Crazy conspiracy people out there. Okay, so let's clarify that, Siki. Erica never worked at the law firm. Let me repeat that for the bitches in the back. Erica never worked at the law firm. Some people are like, oh, she was a secretary and blah, 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 blah. Erica, you're going to tell me Erica was sitting at the front office taking notes and taking calls for Tom Jordy? No, Erica was arm candy. Erica's role, from what we've seen so far, her role was literally to show up, to be paraded around as a trophy wife so that everyone can see that Tom had a hot, young, blonde wife. She would go on, I'm sure, client dinners because I listened to an interview that Jay Edelson did on Kate Casey's podcast. And he was saying, oh, well, we know that Erica went to these, like, you know, important meetings, which I'm pretty sure he's referring to, like, the client dinners where Tom would go and meet with judges or Tom would go and meet with so-and-so. And Erica's job was to entertain the wife. The wives would talk to each other and keep each other busy while the men talked business. They didn't have any involvement in it. The judge's wife had no more involvement than the lawyer's wife, than the attorney's wife, right? If anything, this seems to be a bit of a win for Erica. She tweeted it out. She posted it on her Instagram. So she's happy that this information about Christopher Camone has come out. And listen, Christopher Camone was the one in charge of all of the finances. He was the one in charge of the books. So even if Erica's expenses or her Amex bill was being paid, paid for with Girardi Keys money, Tom authorized it, and Camone is the one that executed it. Camone knew what was going on. Camone was the one that was behind all of this stuff. He was the one that kept all of the books. Tom was the head honcho, so Tom, I'm sure, was instructing him on certain things, but if Tom says, make it disappear, Camone's like, okay, let me find a way to make it disappear. Sarah Bahu says, I can't imagine spending that much on a gift for someone else. Wow, considering career change. I mean, listen, though, Sarah, he wasn't spending that money. That wasn't his money, not his money to spend. And, you know, it's easy to buy somebody a $120,000 purse when it's not your money, right? 
Nope, nope, that's not true. Facts she used to when they were important things going on. She used to act like a server, like a secretary sometimes, and that she was supposed to listen to that was her. But where where is this rumor coming from? Because there's been nothing. Here's the thing. Brandon Lowry at Law 360, he's the one that's been reporting on a lot of this stuff. He just reported. He's like, all the, all the attention has been focused on Erica. Yet we have somebody like Chris Camone who's been coming in and out of the U.S. back and forth from the Bahamas. We'll get into all the details about him right now. But Brandon tweeted and he was like, listen, they hired a special counsel and the, the bankruptcy trustee keeps trying to dig into Erica specifically. They hired Ronald Richards to work on Erica's case specifically and still didn't tie anything to her. The reason people are referring to Erica as the secretary is because I believe there were a lot of seemingly shell companies. I will say seemingly because that's all alleged. That's not to say that Tom George didn't have some legit side businesses, wink, wink. But he had side businesses. And on those companies, you have to have like a board of directors listed or employees listed. And so there were, I believe there was one company where Erica was listed as a secretary, but it didn't seem that that company was ever actually in operation. So, and there were multiple people listed. So if the company is not an actual operation, then those people I'm sure don't actually work there. And if he's filling out these forms, if he's going on LegalZoom, this is just an example. This is not a real situation, but just for example, if he's going on legal zoom and he's filing a new llc in you know nevada or you know detroit or wherever if he's doing that and he's just listing people like that doesn't mean that they actually work there so no erica never worked at the law firm and no she wasn't a secretary the thing about the secretary was the fact that she was listed as a secretary in one of those businesses that never seemed like a legit business it seems like it was just tom's way and now it looks like Camone's way of just shuffling the money around so they would put the money into these fake businesses and that's how they would make that's how they would move the money so let's get into how how he was actually doing this so we know about the the escort and the houses and the renovations and the safari in africa so one of his alleged tactics come on one of the things that he's been alleged of doing is writing checks out to other attorneys or writing checks out to other contractors and then they would go and cash those checks and then they would give him the cash directly. They would give him the money. So he, and again, this is about how we shuffle the money, right? So he was like, oh, Joe Blow over there. I'm going to write Joe Blow a check for $10,000. And who knows if Joe Blow was actually getting that check or not getting that check because that was another fishy thing in the books is they would have these loans that they would give out. And this is how they were using, this is how they were paying for Erica's expenses where they were they were saying that these transactions were loans that they were giving to EJ Global. So it's it's wild. And so he would basically end up keeping the money for himself, but it looked like they were writing loans out or that they were paying other people when that doesn't actually appear to be the case. Um, secretary of a shell company, Boyd, there's no way a secretary in the office. Exactly. She was uh, a shell company's secretary does not mean you're actually working in the office and taking notes and, you know, at, at board meetings and all of that stuff. So people, I get it. People don't like her. I get it. She's not sympathetic to the victims. I get it. You know, I mean, actually, if you listen to some of the things that she has said, she has had some level of empathy. Um, obviously, we have these moments where we see her snapping on camera 
uh, but it's like, what, this is a 1 a.m. scene that was shot after several drinks and after the women are prodding her about her earrings. Do I think she should have worn the earrings on the show? No, that was a little tactless. I didn't like it. You know, I'm not saying that all of her behavior has been great and that her behavior should be praised, but she has had some really good moments as well. And she has been very honest. I think her at BravoCon, she really shined at BravoCon and she was very honest. And people would be like, well, what about when she's not about Doreen and Pekin? Blah, 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 blah. People are going to hate her. If you're going to hate her, hate her. Don't like her. Whatever. That's not my business. If you like her or don't like her. We're talking about the Girardi Keys case. There's nothing against her. There was special counsel that was hired to investigate her. There was nothing about that. I listened to the Jay Edelson, who's the attorney that's trying to sue her and accusing her of being the front woman in the racketeering case. I listened to what he said on Kate Casey's podcast. It was a good interview, but it didn't, there was nothing in it that was substantial that held anything to her. It's the same Ronald Richards tactics of let's just cause smoke and mirrors to point the, the the direction on Erica, point the cameras on Erica and take the focus on Erica. Meanwhile, we have all these other guys like Chris Camone that's buying a house in the Bahamas and trying to run away, allegedly. So that's what he was doing. He was writing checks, cashing it, taking the money. Um, when the House of Cards finally came down on Girardi Keys back in 2020, he put all of his houses, he had five five different homes, I believe, five of them. Um, and he put them all on the market and then wired $2 million or just over 2 million. He wired that money over to the Bahamas. And then that's where he ended up buying his new home. So he had, um, he had a near $2 million oceanfront house in Pal in Rancho's Palace Verdes. It's one home. Then he had a $3.3 million home out in Encino. That's his next home. Both of those sold last year. So he immediately in 2020, once everything started getting shady, that's when he was like, nope, got to sell these houses, got to make it happen. He also has a Las Vegas home that's currently listed just under 700000 And he recently transferred ownership because that one didn't sell right away. So he recently transferred the ownership from himself personally over to a company that he just founded in Nevada. Also a little fishy. So now he's no, he no longer personally owns this, but his company owns this, which looks like it's providing some additional level of protection for him. He had another house in Las Vegas that just sold for 300000 So I, I believe that it sounds like the Bahamas house is the fifth house. Then, then he had five total, total, four here in the U.S., two in L.A., two in Nevada, I mean, hello, the writing's on the wall. The second everything comes crashing down, you start selling all of your properties, sending money overseas. Apparently, there's a law firm in the Bahamas that he was sending money to, and that's how he was able to purchase this new home in the Bahamas. He's been taking multiple trips back and forth. I mean, come on. Sounds like someone's trying to liquidate some assets and conceal some money. So... They claim that he's taken the prosecution. They claim that he's taken multiple trips to and from the Bahamas, but he was recently caught in Baltimore while he was visiting his sister, possibly trying to tie up some loose ends. I'm pretty sure there was a whole folder of receipts like Lisa Renner, and he was like, listen, I got to go. Here are the receipts. Here are the names. Sister, here you go. So I bet right now he's about real pissed that he didn't end up just staying in the Bahamas because now he's stuck in Baltimore. So... There it is, guys. There it is. That's the case against him. Um, buying Birkins on secondary market makes the price go up in value. Oh, that's an interesting point. 
Um, I have a nonprofit organization that's so small. I don't have legit board meetings. I have my biggest helpers listed as board members. Don't ever remember who is technically the secretary. Exactly, Amanda. That's standard. I've also worked in the nonprofit world. You have a board of directors. I mean, the board of directors, the name, like I remember the last foundation I was with, the board of directors was like barely even active. Like most of them wouldn't even come to board meetings. Like we had two board members that were like active and would participate in anything, but the others were listed. Some of them I'd never even met like it, it's ridiculous and people read these things and they blow them out of proportion so no I don't believe Erica was ever the secretary of any business if it was a shell company and Tom just listed put her name on there he just needed a name to fill I've you know when people open like nonprofit organizations sometimes they have to fill the different seats so they just put people that they know listed in those seats and that doesn't mean that they're actually active in it so oof. See, that's what guilty people do is they they don't go on a reality show. That's a good point, Marianne. Guilty people run. Guilty people try to hide money. Guilty people try to go overseas. How many properties do you see Erica trying to sell right now? Erica has not one house to sell. She's renting. She had to have a friend out in Florida loan her some money so that she can hire a divorce attorney so that she can file for divorce and get a new apartment somewhere else. I mean, it's kind of obvious to me. I don't think I'm blinded by, you know, adoration for Erica. It sounds like this is all pretty sound information if, you know, we want to put on our critical thinking caps and actually kind of look at things without looking at it from the lens of Real Housewives, but just kind of looking at things objectively, you know, I don't know. Um, Siki, hello from Sweden. Oof, hello, Sweden. It's 3.16. Ooh, wow. 3.16 a.m. or p.m.? Morning, 2.30 a.m. in England. Yikes. That is early, guys. Kelly bags are the most expensive bag by Hermes. It's named after Grace Kelly. A Kelly bag is a Birkin, though, right? I believe it was, yeah. Erica said that Birkin, at the reunion, Erica said that Birkins weren't really her thing, but she did have a Kelly bag once. It wasn't. It seems like to Erica, that wasn't, you know, a thing. Y'all mad. Who's mad, Aaron? I think you're totally right and don't tell anyone, but I like Erica. Listen, you can like Erica or you can not like Erica. I don't care, bro. Y'all are soft. So who's soft? Stop the inappropriate comments regarding Zach. Oh, are there inappropriate comments regarding me? I mean, listen, if you're going to give me inappropriate comments, at least pay me a cum tribute. <laughs> So obvious, and it's amazing how people can't stand it. Literally makes me want to puke. Let them puke. Listen, they have their mind made up, so nothing that can be said will ever, even if a judge says, which a judge has already said, there's no evidence that proves Erica had any knowledge of what was going on at the law firm. Judge has said that in court, and she's been dismissed from a case with, with prejudice, right? Um, with prejudice, meaning it cannot be refiled. So... And people still be like, the judge was paid off. The judge is lying. The judge is blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, dude, go back to your basement and continue jacking off to pictures of Erica. Just the facts. Let them speak for themselves. That's right, Mary Ann Stout. <laughs> um, okay. Any other thoughts about the Camone stuff, the Girardi stuff? Eric, like I said, it seems to be like a win for Erica. She posted it on her Instagram. She tweeted about it. So it shows that there's accountability. People are being arrested. Things are happening. I would imagine 
uh, David Lira is going to be the next to fall and probably uh, Keith Griffin as well. I At this point, I would predict they're probably not going to pin it on Erica because if they pin things on Erica, then it keeps it alive. But I would predict they're going to pin things on Tom because they can't go after Tom. Tom can't answer for himself. He's under conservatorship. He's in an assisted care facility. Maybe that's his way out. You know, that could be his get out of jail free card, or actually it is his get out, get out of jail free card. They're not going to arrest him and take him into prison. They're just going to leave him at the assisted care facility and just let that be. So if anything, it would probably smart for them to pin it all on Tom because then it dies with Tom and nobody can move anything further. I mean, this, the state bar is trying to save their ass right now because they're like, oh, we missed all of these complaints. Oh, my God, we were so overwhelmed, but we've now disbarred him and we had some issues, but we're getting better. Like Ramona, born again, new beginnings party. Did she get her earrings back? Erica, no, she did not get her earrings back. I believe they're going to auction now. <sighs> Wow, 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 wow. Oh. Kelly. Oh, yeah, Kelly's are smaller, right? Okay, you guys are having a whole discussion about Kelly bags and Birkins in the live chat. I'll let you, you know, talk amongst yourselves about that. I don't even like Erica. I just use my common sense. Yeah, I think at this point, Mary, it looks like she's going to be fine. And again, I'm predicting that Camone, Lyra, and Griffin, and even Donardo, who's the lender, I'm pretty sure at this point they're all going to pass the buck off onto Tom because that's their their best get-out-of-jail-free card. They can turn over info on him. It's probably not going to go anywhere, but at least they get to cut a deal and give some info. It's like when everyone turned on Jen Shaw, right? When Stuart Smith turned on Jen Shaw. I mean, I'm pretty sure Stuart's deal got fucked now that she ended up pleading guilty herself. I can't wrap my brain on, around why on earth there isn't more outrage over the state bar's negligence. 1,000%, Amanda. Like, that, like the people that should be held accountable are not the ones that are actually being held accountable. I guess now Camone is being held accountable. But, I mean, it's juicy. The fact that he was writing checks and cashing them and taking the money and he had multiple homes— million dollar homes he bought a two million dollar 2.2 million dollar home in the bahamas and he was ready to just skip town he was literally his attorney says actually i should give the other side of it his attorney says that that wasn't the case he wasn't trying to skip town that's not what he was trying to do if that were what he were trying to do clearly you know he would that he's doing a bad job of it if he was trying to skip town he just happened to want to sell all of his homes and go live a quiet life in the Bahamas. What did they all think Erica was doing? I, it's a great question. How long have you been doing this for? Doing what for? Um, talking on Instagram, I've been doing this for 23 minutes. How long have I been a podcaster? I've had my podcast for seven and a half going on eight years. The Girardi case I've been investigating and reporting on since 2020. Um, that is that is all I have for you. What are the consequences for the state bar? There aren't any. There really aren't any consequences for the state bar other than they're now being held accountable. But all they're really doing is being like, we fucked up. We're going to get better. Every day, in every way, I am getting better. And that's literally where they're at with this. <laughs> 
Um, I hope they all get silver bracelets. Cling, cling, bitch. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you, Linda Watson. Linda Watson said, don't forget to smash the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell button. That way you always get the notifications in your YouTube, or that way you always get the tea in your YouTube notifications spilled fresh. I would have thought he would have left town earlier. He's been leaving town, but it looks like he was coming back and forth and trying to tie up some loose ends, Sarah. It looks like that's what he was doing. And so he came back to talk to his sister for some reason, and then boom, cling, cling, bitch, we caught him. Wouldn't that be crazy if his sister's the one that turned him in? Sounds like he was getting his shit together to leave the U.S. Yeah, that's what it was. He sold all of he sold most of his properties last year. At least three of the four properties sold. The fourth property was moved out of his name and into his company's name, a company that he just founded in Nevada. Like, it's a little clear. Like, he's very sloppy. Like, if his attorney is saying he was doing a bad job of trying to flee the country, he was doing a very bad job of it because it is very transparent. There's nothing about any of these decisions that looks kosher at all. And they're also saying that it looked like he purchased the home in the Bahamas so that he could become a resident of the Bahamas. It's all very juicy. Law 360 and LA Times reported on it. They both did um, an article based off of a lot of the the information is still concealed. So we don't have all of the details about like what was going on with Kimon, But LA Times and Law 360 both had some really solid reports on it. He was trying to wrap up his crap. His greediness got him new accommodations that's right were the police watching him and his passport so they knew he came back to baltimore probably very possibly i mean again but here's the thing these guys were able to do that because all the attention has been on erica bahamas have extradition treaty with the united states right yes so that's the part that i was a little unclear about and that's i guess an argument that his attorney tried to make is that there is an extradition treaty and that the bahamas and the u.s do work together so i believe if a someone needs to come back to the u.s that you know they the Bahamas would likely ship them back via FedEx. That way they can be held accountable for their crimes. So I don't, yeah. So it, it is interesting. That piece of it is maybe he didn't know that. Maybe he did know that. I don't really know. He sounds like a bright man, um, but something about it was fishy. Why liquidate all of your assets and try to leave the U.S.? Unless there was another plan and maybe he was planning to go somewhere else beyond the Bahamas. Maybe this was a temporary decision. Honestly, who knows? Why didn't buy on the the Grand K? He wanted to cover his jurisdiction status. I don't know what that means necessarily. But the Bahamas is super corrupt. Yeah. Listen, there had to have been reasons. He was clearly doing something. I don't have the code all cracked. I mean, apparently a lot of these people on Twitter and in the live chat, they got the code cracked. And apparently Eric is the one guilty. She's the mastermind behind it all. So, yeah, ask one of the, ask Barbara on Twitter. She's got the whole shit figured out. There's offshore banking in the Bahamas, similar to Swiss banking. It's a financial black hole. Well, there you go, Sister Babylon. I mean, it would make sense. He obviously, there was rhyme and reason to what he was doing. So... I would like to know the Real Houses of Beverly Hills cast reaction. They're not reacting to anything because if it's not beating up Erica, Garcelle and Sutton aren't going to talk about it. So, and that's the facts of it all. I wonder what they're going to do when Erica's finally cleared of everything. 
I actually like Erica and Sutton together. I think they make a fun and enjoyable combo. I feel like Sutton like makes peace with everybody and then she goes in the press and then I find her likable and then I enjoy her and then she goes in the press and then she trashes the other cast members and then it's just like, oh my God, girl. Like you're not helping yourself make any friends. So that's what I got for you, Anita. Okay, should we talk about Salt Lake City? I'll do a brief recap of Salt Lake City and a recap of Potomac and then we'll wrap the live for tonight and then we'll get into the members only live. Like I said, I met Sun's assistant, and I'll give you the scoop on that. I also got some scoop on Rena's receipts from the Beverly Hills reunion, so we'll talk about that. Brittany says, do you think Girardi would have been caught if she never joined the show, and do you think that the others who are going down will try to turn against her since she put them in the public by joining Real Housewives? Um, I think they would have gotten caught regardless, but the attention wouldn't have been so grand. It probably would have gotten swept under the rug. Um, well, I guess, well, let's let's really think about that question. So things started to crumble in 2020. Erica's filing for divorce is what really tipped everything off. But like Edelson was still going to come at Girardi regardless. And I think Erica's divorce would still be pulled into question regardless. Um, I mean, she may have stayed married to him because I think part of the reason, like, obviously she says he was mean and, you know, the dementia was really starting to get to him and he was snapping at her a lot more. So, but I think she may have stayed with him because what else would she have had outside of Beverly Hills? Like it wouldn't have given, the show wouldn't have given her a reason to leave and a, a financial status in order to leave him. So I think being on the show is what encouraged her to file for divorce and I don't know if she would have been able to file. I think this would have still been a big scandal, but not to the magnitude and not to with the coverage that it has had she not been on the show. But he would have gotten caught. But there may have been a greater chance that he would have gotten away with it because look at how many times he got away with things at the California State Bar. But now that there's actual attention on this, it seems like, you know, he's being held accountable liquidating and then distributing it so that the government won't freeze his assets. Yeah, that's a good point, Dexter. Definitely. Don't show your closet. There's a reason Nini freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Erica had and has her own life. Yeah. I mean, she's trying to move on from it, and it looks like things are, are looking up for her. She definitely considers considers this to be a win for her. But again, it's because they've been investigating her for the past two years, and nobody's arrested her. Is she tactless? Yes. Does she? Can she have more empathy? Yes. Or is there, you know, some wiggle room where she can have empathy without implicating herself? Probably. Probably. You're liking what you're doing. I'm loving what I'm doing, baby. I love it. I love it. I look at myself in the mirror every day and I'm like, you go, Zach. You kill it, Zach, Peter. Okay, I bet he was being awful to her around that time. He wasn't great to her normal circumstances and his house of cards was about to, yeah, it was about to crumble. Um, hi, Aaron. I'm menopausal and haven't slept yet. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. Hi, Renee Rod. Okay, let's move on to Salt Lake City. We'll do a, a brief recap of Salt Lake City, a brief recap of Potomac, and then we'll wrap for the night. All right? Real Houses of Salt Lake City. So we open things up, and we have Heather Gay, and she has her Salt Lake's Got Talent auditions going on still. And Jen Shaw's out here trying to be the next Ryan Seacrest 
even though we all know, you know, well, listen, it's a great skill that she'll be able to use in prison, right? She can host the prison talent shows. So she's mad at Angie Harrington, who's here in her dollar store leotard because of that Jen Shaw exposed account, which doesn't really expose Jen Shaw as much as it drags Lisa Barlow. So that's why it's kind of weird that Jen's so upset about it. But she's like, it's because it's a Shaw and my husband's name is Shaw and you're coming after Shaw and I'm innocent. And then we have Angie Kay and Dana, and they don't like that very much. And Angie Harrington has pretend amnesia, and she's like, what? What are you guys talking about? I don't even know my husband. I've never met him before in my life. And Jen Shaw is innocent, and she wants to remind us that she is innocent. And then Lisa Barlow comes in, and she wants an apology, too. She's like, I feel like you should be apologizing to me. Because Jen Shaw is innocent, and this is all Heather's fault. Heather did all of this, and Heather is a bad friend. And then we see Seth and Meredith, and Seth is looking fine in the bathtub, a rub-a-dub-dub with your taint in the tub, and he's looking good. And Meredith is like, ooh, I'm going to poke a hole in there. I see your Pikachu. And then we have Lisa and Whitney, and they're BFFs now because they're, like, you know, bonding over being on an island together. So naturally, when you're on an island, you're going to bond. Whitney and Heather try to hash out their differences by the end of the episode. And Heather's mad that Whitney showed up to support her at her talent show. And how dare Whitney come to support me when Whitney doesn't even like me and Whitney thinks things are awkward. And I think Lisa was wrong to tweet the dad thing. But I also think Whitney is right and that Heather isn't that great of a friend. But she's so far up Jen Shaw's butt that she can't really be bothered by Whitney. So I don't know. I thought this episode of Salt Lake City was boring and the ratings reflected that. The ratings seem to be dwindling and circling the drain. It doesn't seem like they're doing that hot. Angie Harrington saying, does Coach Shaw know what you were up to? Very good point, right? And she's like, I'm innocent. It's like, "Mm mm-hmm. That's all Jen really says is, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Not what she said to the judge, though. I still believe that Coach Shaw had no clue what was going on with Jen. She had Stu and Coach just with... No, I actually think... I think Coach Shaw had to have known something because Jen was making a lot of tweaks to her businesses as she was being investigated over the years. And I think when it comes to Coach Shaw, he was giving her some legal advice on, like, you know, what to do and how to support her. I really don't think... And I think Jen Shaw and Coach Shaw had a much more intimate relationship. Their marriage seemed to be a lot more solid. It seemed to be a lot stronger. So I feel like they were able to have these discussions where like Tom and Erica's relationship was like fully transactional, right? She was the trophy wife. Coach Shaw and Jen, you know, they came up together. There was no power imbalance within their marriage. And they definitely seemed to have a strong open line of communication. Jen Shaw messed with our grandparents. Think about that. That's right, Giselle. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And yet here she is doing Salt Lake's next top model with Heather Gay. Coach Shaw's not dumb. He had a clue. Coach is an attorney, and he was interviewed by the FCC. Had to have known something. Exactly. Listen, I don't think Coach is entirely innocent. We need Crazy Mary back. I actually enjoy Mary, and she was a hot mess, but she was at least fun to watch, and she made things crazy. She was doing her little... Whitney impression with the little whoop, 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 whoop. I thought Salt Lake was boring this week, and it's just kind of lagging for me. I'm not really interested in Dana and Angie Harrington and Angie Kay. 
there was too much of them and I just feel like we haven't really gotten to know them and we haven't gotten to emotionally invest in them. Like we didn't get much backstory on them. Angie Harrington just comes off looking super thirsty and then the other Angie and Dana, we haven't really gotten much backstory on them. So them jumping in and being a part of all of this drama just like felt so random. We got to dance today and dance and dance and dance and dance. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Coach was always on the road with work. That's another good point. I mean, but I still think he must have known something unless Jen really was keeping everything from him. Come on. Erica knew before all this was going to go down and I was going to go down. They just put all the ducks in a row. And of course, she wanted to look like she doesn't have anything. Well, thank you, Anne. There you go, guys. Anne broke the case for us. Thank you, Anne. We appreciate you. Thank you for doing your civic duty of reporting on this case. Mary could read. I know that's right. Mary could read. She was good. She had great confessionals. And she was just kooky. As problematic as she was, she was kooky. And she was at least interested. Like Kim Richards. Kim Richards was kooky. You know, now Kim Richards is just, you know, a little wild on Cameo. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about Salt Lake City. I really, I don't even really care about like Whitney and Heather fighting because it feels like there's just like some big disconnect. Whatever. Um, okay, let's divvy over to Salt uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. Cause Potomac was way better than Salt Lake City. And if nobody's watching Potomac, I used to sleep on Potomac for the longest time. And then I started coming into it in season five because I wanted to see Monique beat down Candace. And I've been hooked ever since. So I, sorry, Coach Shaw is sexy and I like watching him. He's a cutie patootie. I'm into Coach Shaw. And he has, like, the lips and the tongue. And you know Coach Sean knows what he doing. Okay. Real Housewives of Potomac. So we kick things off. Ashley's divorce news or her separation news is broken into the blogs and the press. And she's like, oh, my God, who would put my personal business out there? Uh. And Michael Darby is ignoring her because he probably has his little grinder boy that's keeping him busy. And Ashley, we find out, went out with a hockey player. But she should really be going out with Luke a lot more because that's a spicy couple and we like that. And then we find out that Mia doesn't have cancer. Shocker. She is cancer free. So good for Mia. Then we have Robin and she's doing some, some taking some meetings because she wants a prenup because she's no Teresa Judice and she has some successful businesses and she wants to protect her successful businesses like her hats and her podcast. And she doesn't want Juan Dixon to get any of those hot hat sales. And then we have Dr. Wendy. And Dr. Wendy is like, yeah, guys, I am a condescending bitch. Let's talk it out. So then she hosts a burn sesh. And so everyone comes out to a winery because we know we love when things go down at the winery, right? And so she invites everyone out to the winery and they arrive for the burn sesh. And then we ring around the rosy and braid each other's pubic hair and then Robin goes off on Dr. Wendy and she's like listen Dr. Wendy I didn't beat you up last time but today I'll beat you up now carcass out and she pieces out and then she takes off her boots and she's chilling in the van and she's like I'm done and then we have Ashley and Ashley's like well I think Chris Bassett might be cheating on you, Candace, because one of my friends told me that he was a little inappropriate with her and I hear that he's all up in the DMs And I'm just like, you know what, Chris, my DMs are open. Thank you. The college basketball scandal. Oh, Michael Darby is too busy swiping right. Yeah, Michael Darby cannot be bothered at all. 
Did anyone hear the news about Juan this week? What's the the news? Oh, is that the bat the college basketball scandal? Okay, somebody brief me on what happened with Juan Dixon and the college basketball scandal because this actually sounds kind of juicy. Should I be concerned about my hubby being more into anal than vaginal? I enjoy it, but my cooter feels neglected and he's huge. Oh my god, if he's huge, then don't let him in the back door, front door only. Right? Like, if he's huge, then that's just unpleasant. But that's probably why he likes the anal, because the anal's a lot tighter. How did we get... How did we get on this comic? Team Wendy or Team Robin? Um, I think I'm going to say Team Robin. I used to like Wendy season one, and now I'm just like, I don't like Wendy. I do love Candace, though. Candace is the star. Candace is the MVP for me. Like, usually it used to be all about Giselle and Karen, and now I feel like Ashley and Candace are really taking center stage. Robin is surprisingly, like, winning me over this season as well, but I'm in love with Candace. Candace is the queen of Potomac, and I am here for it. I didn't like her at first, and now I'm like, you know what, Candace? Monique didn't deserve to beat you down. She didn't deserve to drag you. I, I'm glad she did because you had a big mouth, but you know what, Candace? You've won me over. Also, about your cooter, my love. I feel like, you know, just like tell him your cooter needs a little more love. There's no harm in being like, hey, babe, my cooter needs more love. Oh, okay. We do have some new members coming in. Anna, Amanda. Welcome, Amanda Moore. And then we have Lala. Lala has also become a new member. Welcome, Lala. Welcome, Amanda Moore. They're ready for that. That. That he's spilling session after this. Well, any other closing thoughts before we wrap this up and then move on into our members only live chat? I feel like I, well, yeah, I feel like I should probably make some popcorn for that, right? Hi, Alicia. Hot Susan, everything you said about Potomac is exactly how I feel. I also got hooked in season five. I love Potomac. Potomac is way better than Salt Lake City. Like, Salt Lake City. It's just not that interesting to me, if I'm being honest. Like, it's, I'm not jazzed by, I think it's weird that, like, we were parading Jen Shaw around and, like, trying to be like, she might go to prison for 50 years, so let's throw her a party. No. What in the F is going on here? No woman has ever liked anal sex. Fake question. Listen, I, yeah, it's not that great. You know, okay, so Juan, Juan allegedly covered up the fact that his assistant coach sexually assaulted a team member. Oh my god, that is spicy, you guys. Yikes. Um, I'm gonna have to look into that and we'll probably break that down on Monday's episode of the podcast. But wow, it's always better when we're together. Okay, guys, well, let's wrap. Thank you so much for joining in. If you want to keep up with me, you can always keep up with me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet, or you can keep up with the podcast at No Filter with Zach, all, not all over the internet, on Instagram. At No Filter with Zach on Instagram. If you're watching this on Instagram, you can always join our YouTube at youtube.com slash Just Plain Zach. Sign up to be a member of the Zach Pack on YouTube. We do have special members-only live streams. Like I said, tonight we'll be talking about my interaction meeting Sutton's assistant in the tea. And what else? Um, we'll be talking about Lisa Renna and the reunion receipts. So get ready for that. Give me like five minutes to make some popcorn and then I'll start that live stream. The link is already up. So if you're a member, you'll get the notification, but it's already in the latest tea thing. But love you guys. Appreciate you. Have a wonderful evening. Be sure to subscribe and like on your way out if you haven't already. 
And yeah, I'm gonna make me some popcorn and we gonna have a good time tonight, baby. Good night, guys. <laughs>